Welcome to Big Brave Business. This is a podcast built on the belief that you can create absolutely anything for yourself. Whether it's a dream job or a dream life, it's all possible for you. I'm Amanda Nelson, a virtual assistant and digital marketer. And that's Sarah Heater, podcast producer and strategic consultant. Each week, we will share insights from working with dozens of clients, stories of how we got where we are, and encourage you to see us as your new business besties. So grab a cup of coffee and let's talk being brave in business. Hey, Sarah, welcome back. Thanks, Amanda. I'm excited for another episode of Big Brave Business. Yes. What a great amount of response we've already received from just the little bit that we've put out. I am so excited to see where this goes, and I'm very excited to talk about our topic this week, competition. Yeah, I think this is a really important topic, no matter what industry you're in as a service provider. Because we all face feelings of comparisonitis and not being good enough and imposter syndrome, like who might even be doing this? When you're working in online business or when you're selling services or products online, there's always other people who are also selling services and products online to compare yourself Mm -hmm. to and just make you feel gross and icky. Anyway, so I think this is all something that everybody deals with. We all face this issue of competition. Yeah. And I definitely think because everybody seems to want to work from home now, which I fully encourage. I think it, I think if everybody could work from home, it would be a, the world would be a better place. Um, but I think a lot of people are, and we'll talk about this some more in this episode, but talking about pricing and people pricing themselves low to land a client and how that factors into what's available work out there for you. Um, Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like people could find a podcast editor on Fiverr, Fiverr, but what's work totally. Yeah. Like they're everywhere, but what, what quality are you getting? What's the relationship like? I think when it comes to talking about competition, you really have to talk about value. Do you agree? Yeah, but I also think value looks like so many different things. And a lot of times it's a personal connection. It's based on relationships. It's based on experience. It's your geographic location. Like there's so many other things to factor in to why people choose to work with who they work with, right? But in general, just like kind of starting at the very beginning of this topic for what you do do you feel like there are too many people who do what you do do you think there are too many virtual assistants out there okay do i think there's too many virtual assistants i think there are too many people trying to be virtual assistants who don't have the skill set one of the saddest things for me when I talk to a new client is to hear them say that they've already tried working with a virtual assistant and they've had a negative experience. So what that usually looks like is they were ghosted or the person took their money for their hours and didn't deliver the quality of product that they wanted or just it wasn't a good relationship. They were slow to respond or more than anything, there wasn't a good line of communication. So I do think there's a lot of people out there 
who want to be virtual assistants and who think it's super easy, right? The amount of people that have come to me and said, well, I used to, and this is, listen, this is no shade on anybody. I'm just simply laying out facts here. Okay. So there's hundreds of thousands of people out there that think because they have sent a professional email in their life, they can be a virtual assistant. It's not it's not that easy. So yes, there's tons. I mean, you can go on Upwork, you can go on Fiverr, you can go in any Facebook group and it has anything to do with business. And there will be hundreds of people saying that they're virtual assistants. What gives me the most peace, and I think you will resonate with this as well. I know the value that I bring. I know the relationships that I build with my clients, the amount of trust. And can you find a virtual assistant for $12 an hour off of Upwork? Yes. Are you also going to be able to trust that person with your business credit card number and think that you'll see them in a month from now? Probably not. And those are the things that give me peace is that I know the value, which is what I think you really have to consider that's just the facts. <laughs> what do you think about, do you think there's too many podcast managers out there? No. In every online business industry, I think that there are people who are misconstruing or misrepresenting themselves. I think that there are a lot of people out there trying to be podcast managers or producers or strategic consultants or whatever, editors, whatever, who don't have much work, but they present themselves like they do. Actually, I think the industry that comes to mind that is like the biggest issue with too many is coaching. And mm. and it it's the same principle for everything, no matter what the services that you provide. But I think there are too many people who claim to be business coaches who don't actually have any experience running a business, for example, yeah. or who have never gotten results for clients. And so trying to be a business coach when you don't have either of those things, I think is misleading. Uh, and I do think that's a problem in every industry. I think there are there are podcast managers who can be misleading as well. They like took a podcast manager course or something like that or a podcast management course. And so they know literally how to like download a free editing program and add music and then like upload it to a free host. They know how to get a podcast off the internet. So they think, well, then people will pay me to do it, which is true. But also you're not necessarily going to get results from that. And with that being said, there are also a lot of podcast managers who do really great work. There's also millions of podcasters and that number is growing every year. So there's new people starting yeah. podcasts all the time. And I just feel like there's plenty of work to go around. So it's not when somebody chooses to work with somebody else or when I see somebody else out there, and they have a new client or something like that, especially in a month or a season that I don't have a new launch. Yes, there's always that part of you that like just feels gross because you're like, ah, I want what they have. Right. But in the reality, like there's enough work out there. There's enough clients out there. There's enough upcoming podcasts out there. And I know the work that I do is really good. I know that my clients mm -hmm. are really happy. <laughs> so to your point, I know 
that I offer a ton of value for the price that I have priced my offers. Yeah. I root for anyone that wants to be a virtual assistant. Like I want you to be as successful as possible, but I would also say, please do a good job for the rest of us that are trying to make this, like continue this to be something that people trust. And if it's a situation where you're looking, if you're a business owner and you're looking to hire someone that works from home, that's a virtual assistant or a podcast editor, I would say what my grandmother always said, which was the proof is in the pudding, ask for references, ask to see some work, you know, just like you would do with any job interview. I feel like it would be great if there was a vetting process for people because the amount of turnover when it comes to virtual assistants is so high. It's so high. And it makes it even harder for people who want to stay with this long term to prove that it's worth the hiring process. It's funny. I actually feel kind of opposite. Like, I'm a big believer in supporting people who are trying to get started, but I do think that the price point matters. So if you're asking for a really high dollar amount, then yes, there has to be mm-hmm. proof in the pudding. Like I'm yeah, not going to shell sure. over $10,000 for a service to somebody who's just starting out and has no results to speak of. But if we can start slowly and build or if you have a discounted rate, like then for me, it's more about chemistry as a person. And if we can establish, I mean, it all comes back to know, like and trust, which is a whole sales conversation that we will definitely have. But for me, it's like when I met you, you were very honest and transparent of like, this is pretty new to me. Here's the stuff that I've done in my life and in my career outside of virtual assisting, but this is pretty new to me. But you also assured me we can start with as few hours as you want and we can mm-hmm. add more as we go, right? And that made it a very low risk situation for me. And I liked you immediately. And you, as I shared in a in the last episode, you had a really good effective sales call with me where you were able to position a question to me of what is the biggest priority in your business right now? And that clarified so much that that also built trust. Like it was like, oh, this person can really help me in a way that I didn't even know how to explain what it was that I needed. And if you can offer me both the like and the trust factor that quickly when we first meet, it's very easy for me to enter into a business relationship with you, at least a minimal one. It's interesting to me when people ask for references and whatnot. Um, I have results on my website. Uh, The shows that I work with are pretty publicly, like they're pretty public affiliation. So it's very easy for people to connect with like my clients, my book of business, I guess you could say. And my business is almost completely built off of referrals. So I think that in itself constitutes <laughs> as references, but it's just not necessarily how I operate. Like I didn't even think for one second of asking you for a reference. I don't want to go too far down like yeah. a sales rabbit hole, but how do you feel like you set yourself apart from other people? Like when you're meeting people on sales calls, how do you think you set yourself apart from other would-be virtual assistants <laughs> or really good ones? Yeah. So I try really hard to connect when I get on those sales calls. My main goal and how I set myself apart is to never come off salesy because 
listen, virtual assistants, pricing can go as low as $10 an hour and it can go as high as $50 an hour. I'm somewhere in between, but I'm definitely not the cheapest. And so I know when someone works with me, it is an investment. And specifically when you are a small business and you're choosing to invest in additional help, I look at myself as a member of your team. So I always set myself apart by saying, there's no pressure here. This is not, I don't look at it as a sales call. I look at it as a, hey, do we get along? Like, are you excited about working with me? Am I excited about working with you? Because if we're excited, the value is there and you're happy to invest. And I don't ever want someone to get my invoice at the at the end of every month and say, oh shit, here it is again. I want them to say, oh, worth it. I should have paid her more. She was worth more. That is always my mindset going into it. So when there are people out there that yes, you could hire for half the cost, I hope that I always portray that in a call. We're going to be friends and I'm going to be a part of your team even if we never see each other in person. And that to me clears up a little bit of that competition because Mm -hmm. you've now met me. You know, I am Mm -hmm. a person. You're a person. I'm not a listing on Upwork and who I'll never let you know my, you know, my city that I live in. I'm very open. So I think that really helps is just being a human and being willing to dive into the business and if someone's willing to take that gamble on me, like I'll give you all the best that I possibly can. What about you? How do you set yourself apart from competition? For me, it is really twofold. One part is I lean really heavily into the strategy piece. So yeah, you can hire an editor on Upwork and Fiverr, but when you hire an editor, all you're getting is somebody to literally do the task of editing your podcast. Like you, they're going to do the task you hired them for, right? When yeah. you work with me, you're inv- you're getting somebody who's in- just as, if not more, invested in your success than you even are because everybody mm-hmm. I work with gets really incredible results and I want to maintain that. It's really important to me that your show does well, right? Like, <laughs> I don't want to work with people whose shows don't do well. <laughs> so yeah, I lean really hard into the strategy piece and demonstrating my knowledge and expertise in this overall vision for your business, your life, your brand, and how a podcast can support the goals you already have. And how do we make it fit into this bigger picture that you have for yourself? And if you just hire an editor especially like an editor in another country with a lower cost of living off of Fiverr or whatever. So five bucks to edit your podcast or whatever. Yeah, you can do that. That's significantly different than what you're paying me. (laughs) But it's just a completely different experience and no shade to hiring an editor off of Fiverr. If you want to handle the things yourself that I'm talking about supporting you with, or if you have to budgetarily, like that's fine. And so that's another thing is I would say one part is strategy. The second part is just the human to human element. Like to your point, it's uh, do we get along? Do we like each other? (laughs) Do you like me? Because if you're going to work with me, you're going to get a lot of me. So you need to like me. (laughs) Also, I don't shy away from just being honest about that. Like, here's all these other places where you can spend less. Mm -hmm. And if that's what's necessary for you is the budget, then I'm so glad we connected. Here's all the ways we can still be friends and like whatever. 
there are other options for you. Yeah. Working with me is not about the price. It's about the experience and the results that you're going to get and the compatibility as people. And so I think it's pretty similar. Yeah. Have you ever had a client or a prospective client decide to like go another way and choose someone else instead of you? For sure. Yes. I have had people learn that my quote unquote specialty is in marketing and more of a creative capacity. This has happened more so than not, I would say. I have had people decide that they want someone that is specifically admin and then they'll work with me specifically for marketing. It's almost like it's almost like they just don't want to take me out of my quote unquote niche, even though or niche, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> um, however you want to pronounce it. It's like sometimes clients choose not to work with me because they feel like I'm more creative minded and they don't want to take the risk in onboarding me and then it just be all admin work. And then I've also lost a client due to price, just not wanting to invest so much early on. And depending upon the client, sometimes I work with people. If I'm interested in the project, I will work with them on a project by project basis instead of monthly. And so there have been times that I've had clients that only want to do project by project and I'm only taking on a client that's that's like monthly work. And so they've chosen to go somewhere else. And that's and that's fine to me that tells me in both of those circumstances wasn't a good fit. I wasn't our schedules didn't align. My offer wasn't what you were looking for exactly. And one time I was turned down because of my age, which is interesting. I'm a 32-year-old woman and they thought I was too young, which is interesting that they even told you that. Well, they said it was, of course, with a smile on their face. And as we were hanging up the call after having like the interview, they did. They said they were like, oh, you're just younger than we were expecting. And it was almost, they was said with a smile, but it was also kind of like a little disappointment. And so then when I got the email that they were going to go a different route, I was like, that's fine. You know, it's okay. So that's you can say it is what you think it is. But yeah. Have you ever lost the opportunity to work with someone or did they go somewhere else? Yeah. I I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've experienced is having prospective clients or I've actually even had a couple of like existing clients who decided they either wanted to DIY or to keep it internally. I had a client who did the math and kind of realized that for what he was paying to outsource the different elements of his podcast, like all of it added up to, not specifically to me, but all of it added up to somebody's salary. And so like- Hmm. For him, he felt like it made more sense to consolidate all the things he was outsourcing related to like podcasts, YouTube, et cetera, social media, and like put it into one marketing person and just hire somebody that is an actual employee instead of contracted and and yeah. like several contractors. And like, I can't be mad about that. I mean, okay, that's totally fair. There's benefits to doing it either way. And, and for me, like, again, when I talk to people, I acknowledge the elephant in the room of like, you could DIY this, but Mm -hmm. there's a cost to DIYing it as well. First of all, unless you also are an expert on podcasting, (laughs) you're going to be trying to figure everything out and feeling around in the dark, right? (laughs) Like about how to even do it well. But even if you are okay with that, you want to learn everything there is to learn and you're going to be a really spectacular DIYer. There's lots of spectacular DIY podcasts out there. You decide to do that. It's also going to take a ton of your time. 
So not only are you then responsible for the recording, you're also responsible for all the editing and all of the management let alone, you know, guest management and marketing and writing copy and anything else that you decide goes into it. Whereas if you outsource any of those tasks, it's taking that off of your plate so you can spend your time doing other things. So there are different people who are in different places with their businesses. There are people who (laughs) their time is worth significantly more money than it is worth for them to sit in front of an editing program and spend three hours editing their episode. And there are other people who need to be scrappier. And so, like, we just acknowledge that straight up. And most of the time, Mm -hmm. I find that by acknowledging it straight up, people will say – it gives them the opportunity to say, like, yes, I'm really in a position to DIY. Or more often, it gives them the opportunity to say, you know what? Could I? Yeah, I probably could. You make me feel like I could. Because I try to always make people feel like they could do anything right like if you hang yeah. out with me you're gonna believe that you can do anything they're like yeah you've made me feel like I could definitely do this also I really want to work with you mm-hmm. I don't want to DIY it I don't want to spend all this time learning about this and you already are an expert I would like to just hire you that's the bulk of what I would say I've experienced is people deciding whether they're going to DIY or just like use their existing VA support to do it Mm -hmm. internally or if they're going to hire somebody externally like me. Nobody has ever not chosen to work with me because they didn't believe I could get them the results that I promised. Exactly. Yeah. Um, There's a a mentality of if they're not willing or they're not able to pay, they're not my customer. Sometimes I think that is kind of a harsh thing to say Mm -hmm. because I think it really depends on the season that they're in. I hate the idea of telling someone who's just getting started out, who has found me on Instagram, wants my services. I send them my pricing. They can't afford it right now in their business. I hate the idea of writing them off in my mind by saying, well, sorry, you're just not my customer. No. Well, who's, who's to say that in a month they may not have huge amounts of growth like I did in my business and can now afford me. And now all of a sudden they're my customer. I think that's so transactional and Mm. I don't run my business like that. I genuinely think of it as right now is not the season for us to work together, but I hope, I hope that your business continues to grow and that we're having a totally different conversation in a couple of months and you are able to, or you do start to, you know, start to get busier. I just think that saying someone's not my customer is like saying, I mean, you're limiting the ability to potentially collaborate with this person in the future. And like you said, even if we don't work together, I sure as hell hope we end up being friends. A big vision that I have for where my business is going, and you know this, but I haven't shared this on the podcast as much. Uh, the difference between like doing business as Sarah K. Heater, who is a service provider one-to-one, um, slash now I have a team, so it's like three-to-one, I guess. And then um, PodFox. PodFox is about this vision of supporting podcasters in general. So whether you choose to get the direct support of done-for-you services or whether you are utilizing resources and community and other forms of support, it's about cultivating a community and supporting people. And there's a lot of themes in that that also carry over, of course, here to Big Brave Business. That is so (laughs) true to who I am. And it's something I crave so much. I want so much. I think it's so important, especially for non-male, cis, heteronormative people that we need to have communities. 
especially for people who identify as women specifically, this is something that comes up a lot and you and I both do, women's circles and having spaces to be with other people who are like-minded, who have shared experiences. Like this is so important for our well-being and for just the betterment of our lives overall, let alone for the betterment of our businesses. And so there's just a lot of that that is just all me. I don't ever want to deter people from wanting to stay connected with me. Like, I'm not going to be able to spend my billable hours hanging out with you for free on Zoom necessarily. Mm -hmm. But if we stay connected, there may be other ways that might be a good fit. Do you feel intimidated knowing that there are other people out there doing what you do, especially knowing there are other people out there doing what you do who either charge more or less than you do? Like, does that intimidate you? It doesn't intimidate me. It does push me to want to do more. Like I would love to be able to take on, I I would love to be able to say to you that I would love to up my prices, but I feel like my prices are very fair and very entry to anybody, you know? And so I'm very happy with my pricing structure. So I don't get intimidated. I get a little bit like, you know, it's a growth thing for me. One day I would love to be able to charge X, Y, or Z. My pricing is very affordable in my opinion, but it is also on the higher end for a VA, but just more like, Ooh, I want to do this. Ooh, I want to work harder, you know, to the point of big, brave business. I don't know a lot of virtual assistants. So, Mm -hmm. and I don't see a lot on social media, So I don't really see a lot of people that I'm like, like right now, I can't think of another virtual assistant off the top of my head that I know is as busy, if not more busy than I am. And that's not me like patting myself on the back. That is a sign of like just how isolated sometimes this work is. But hell, I hope there are thousands, and I know there are thousands of VAs that are making quadruple what I am and that are helping thousands of businesses out there to be successful. And for the clients that can't afford my services, I hope they're connecting with a virtual assistant who will be with them for forever and continue to grow with them so that the VA can raise their prices and the business continues to make money. The only people that I ever feel competition with or I'm ever like, oh, so jealous are the people who have social media strategies for themselves because I'm so bad about doing it. And when I see another female entrepreneur come through my Instagram feed and they're posting 17 reels a day and their engagement Mm -hmm. is through the roof, those are the people that I'm like, girl, good for you. How are you doing that? Like, give me some of your time, you know? So that's just, you know, what about you? Is there someone that you follow on Instagram that you love that does something that you do or inspires you in some way? Yeah, definitely. I think that's more how it is now is taking what I want and leaving the rest. So like I more when I follow people, I think like this is what I love that they do. And that inspires me to then think about like, how do I want to apply that to myself, whether they're in my industry or not, right? Like, oh, I really like how this person did this you know, strategy for reels, or I really like the way this person shows up online, or I like this person's branding or whatever. And and I'm like, okay, that was really effective to me. So how can I apply that to what I do? And also, sometimes I'll look at stuff and be like, that is absolutely not something that I'm interested in doing. Like, I don't <laughs> want to represent myself that way. And so it's more like learning from other people. And I also have a huge benefit of 
as a podcast manager, and I don't know if you feel like this in what you do too, but as a podcast manager, I literally get paid to listen to other people's content. And so many people I work with are experts in their industry, right? Mm-hmm. And so I literally get paid to learn from them. <laughs> That's how it feels. Yeah. So often they're not coaching podcast managers, right? But whoever mm-hmm. they're coaching, like I work with somebody who coaches real estate professionals on, well, you know, but real estate professionals on social media strategy. I also work with somebody who coaches um, pet businesses. So like groomers, dog walkers, retail stores, things like that. And although those real estate and pet businesses are so different from what I do, the things that they're teaching or promoting, I'm constantly like my wheels are constantly turning of like, how can I apply that to what I do? How can I come up with what that might look like in my industry? And that's so fun because it's things that I don't see other people in my industry doing because it's not Mm -hmm. what's being taught to people in my industry. It's what's being taught to people in a completely different industry. And so that's fun to me to try to think about how can I like make this my own. And those are my favorite people to follow on social media, honestly. Like that's one thing I think is so cool about TikTok is that people can take a trend and they can, or even reels, they can take a trend and they can figure out how to like tweak it so that it fits specifically what their niche or niche. (laughs) I like niche. (laughs) What they specifically do for their niche. So I think that that's fun. What about like collaboration? Because you mentioned about collaborating with potential clients in the future, but like Do you feel like there's a good sense of collaboration versus competition in your industry or the opposite? And like, how can you collaborate with other VAs? Yeah. So I have a number of clients that I share with another VA. So I mentioned that I don't do HR. I don't want to do 401k processing. I don't want to process invoices. I don't want to be in charge of your bank statements. And so there are virtual assistants that they specifically have a different niche niche than I do. (laughs) And so um, I work with them specifically. So there is that collaboration there. I also work through a VA agency. So oftentimes I got an email this morning from, from another VA who works with a fitness influencer who is wanting a commercial made of all of her fitness videos. She is strictly her admin person. So I will, I will step in and do all of her video work with her. So there is that element of, hey, this is not in my wheelhouse. Can you do this? I love that. I also, I love being able to come in as the creative person in a VA business collaboration. I love coming in as the creative person. So all I do is work with the VA who is the admin and they're like, hey, here's the work. Do the work. I never even really have to talk to the client. I'm just providing the product, the finished you know, project. And I find that sometimes those are the most successful relationships that I have are with clients that I never even really see face to face. They're just happy with the work and they're happy with their admin VA. I love that collaboration option. And if there was another VA that wanted to collaborate with me on something on social media or I don't know, anything, I would be more than happy to do it because that's what we're about here at big brave business but it's also fun it's also fun to hear what other people are doing I want to hear about your project like you're probably doing something just as cool with your clients as I am let's talk about it you know nobody brags about their clients more than me 
And so I want to brag about my clients to another VA and hear about, you know, what they have going on. Do you do you have options for collaboration with other podcast editors and managers, strategists? It's interesting. I'm going to say no. Like I haven't <laughs> experienced collaboration. And in fact, I have not received warm reception in trying to collaborate with people when mm. clubhouse first like came on the scene shout out to you if you're can you guys tell us are you on clubhouse were you ever on clubhouse what do you think of clubhouse i was all about it when it first started but it just became so time consuming just like every other social media platform that i have not signed in in more than a year but i know that in my industry it's something that because it's audio content a lot of people use for live podcasts and they allow recording now so like if you haven't been on in a hot minute it used to be absolutely no recording now there's like an in-app recording thing because uh, recording live podcasts through Clubhouse is, is such a thing. People are still using it. People are still having live conversations and dialogues and hot seat coaching and all of this stuff in Clubhouse. It's something that sounds cool to me in theory, but I just... I mean, there's a million platforms that sound cool to me. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't really have the bandwidth for that, but I would love to. Anyway, um, when Clubhouse first came out, I was trying to spend some time on there. I met another podcast manager who I felt like was similar in how long she had been doing this business based on what I saw on social media. And um, she was promoting a bunch of stuff about... I think she was promoting a bunch of stuff at the time. Now I can't remember which direction it was, like what she was promoting versus what I said. But I think she was promoting a bunch of stuff about launching. And I thought if she's really going hard on launch, maybe I can go really hard on like growth and monetization or something like that. And and so even though obviously I do support launches as well. But I was like, oh, it'd be cool to co-host a room together because then we bring both of our audiences together. Not that either of us had a huge established audience, but just, you know, as we're both trying to grow. Like, and I'm not intimidated by, you know, people wanting to work with her over me. If they like her better, if they feel like her energy is more there, then that makes more sense, right? Like, that's totally fine. So I had reached out to her to co-host a clubhouse room together. And I was like, I think this could be cool. And she said, oh, I'm really just trying to do my own rooms right now. And I also do growth and monetization. I was like, great. And I also do launches. That's not the point. And uh, she's like, I just don't really see how like promoting your offer that I also have makes sense. And I was like, okay, you know, I kind of feel like there's enough work for everybody, but that's fine. And she's like, no, I think that too. Like I'm a total girl support girl. And I'm like, I don't feel like you are though. I mean, I didn't say that to her, but I was like, this feels actually the talk. Why am I trying to force myself on you right now? And that's how I've kind of felt like it's either people in the podcasting industry are dudes who want to mansplain to me like about my cute little business. I also had somebody in the podcasting industry offer me a free internship at his company. Shut up. And I was up. like, no, I, oh. I'm good. <laughs> like, I haven't been a free Thank intern. Thank you for the opportunity. I literally have not been an unpaid intern since like 2009, friend. So I no, thank mean, you. But like, yes. what? That is kind of how I feel like when I've tried to collaborate with people, those are the kind of reactions I tend to get of almost like this arm wrestling thing of like, well, I'm bigger than you. And I'm just like, I'm not interested. You know what? It's not a conference. It's yeah. not a contest. I have had luck collaborating with people in 
different industries. So collaborating with copywriters, collaborating with video editors, collaborating (laughs) with you. And I think there's a lot of room for that kind of thing to, um, to find ways we can work together across different industries. I just think podcasters in general haven't found a good way to do that. I'd love to find ways to collaborate with people in the industry. I just, anytime I've tried, man, it has just not been. We do have really good events in my industry. Like there's some really good conferences and people will come together, you know, who support podcasting in all kinds of different ways or just are podcasters to speak and to train. And so I think that is an example in my industry that is really good at collaborating. But in general, like the personal collaborations seem really competitive and I don't like it. I just don't like that energy. I am just all about, I want them to have success. I also want to have success. I truly believe there's enough work out there. And I don't think, and now I'm getting insecure about sharing this on this podcast, but like, I don't think that I approach people in the same way. Like, I don't think I'm hard to work with or get along with. I think generally speaking, I'm like easy to be friends with. So I don't really understand. And it sort of like hurts my feelings sometimes when I'm like, wait, you want to offer me an unpaid internship? Like, I thought we could talk to each other like professionals, but that's cool. Um, I also think that's a um, a side effect to it being an online business people have very little, very little couth when they're behind a keyboard. So, well, I am glad that we had this discussion this week. I think there's so much to say here and I'm really excited to see, you know, what we can answer if you have any questions at all about competition. And I want to hear about how our listeners deal with competition, you know, specifically in industries where it feels like there's so many people. So find us on Instagram at Big Brave Business and let us know what you are proud of this week and talk to us about your competition and how you handle that. Yeah. And if you have ideas about how to collaborate with us, we definitely want to hear them. We love collaborating. We love building relationships. If you have feelings of comparisonitis, if you have feelings of imposter syndrome, if you find yourself thinking there's too many people doing what I do, how am I going to set myself apart? Part of the purpose of having this conversation or all of these conversations is so that you know you're not alone in feeling that. We literally all feel that. We literally all have that shared experience of trying to set ourselves apart and trying to find success in this like wild west of online business and just totally unregulated and um and it's just kind of chaotic sometimes and it can feel really lonely but um hopefully this helps you feel like there's things that you can relate to and we're all just people so if this conversation was relatable to you then you're our kind of people and come hang out with us over at big brave business on instagram That's right. We will see you guys next week.